This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. you down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life work family and the pursuit of an anti-racist community hi i'm audrey and i'm melanie what What say say you girl what say you about this past week how you been girl hey i've been so good i've been so good what i say let me say i am joyful I'm so happy to uh, be about this new episode here of, of our podcast. I'm happy to see you. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy I got a raise. Ooh. That's what I say. Now, that's joy. <laughs> that's joy right there. That's joy. My joy. My joy. Tell me about uh, what say actually, you. Actually, I had my joy yesterday mm. when we all got together. Mm-hmm. Mommy, yes, you, Tiffany, Tiffany Jaylene, and Jaylene. Yes, oh, Jaylene, twelve years old. She's she's my she, granddaughter. Yes, and your my great niece. Your great niece. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she was elect. She worked so hard, and she was elected for student body president for yes. next year, eighth grade. Eighth grade student body president at Hutloff uh, Middle School. Yes, yes, yes. That, so I, I was. That was my joy for the whole week because I always love to see family. Yep. And to see and Harbor Lights was everything oh, as always. Girl, Harbor Best Lights views. down on the waterfront. Yes, yes mm-hmm. that's our place. And the food was mm-hmm. good, and the camaraderie was good, and so yeah. that's my joy. Let me tell you why I like the Harbor Lights, though. I because I feel like a family atmosphere in there, and every time we come in there, we can be as crazy as we want to yes. be, as sisters, mm-hmm. as family, and they just roll with it. Yes, they remember do. when we went in there and um, sang the happy birthday, and then we became. The- you guys sang happy birthday to me yes. for oh, that's my right. birthday. Uh-huh. And then somehow we wound, there were three other people in there having birthdays, and we wound up singing for everybody. Singing for everybody. Especially like the one lady that turned 90 years old. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. We did the one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Girl, we did that. Yes, we did. <laughs> You know, we actually, we actually could. I think we could make money doing that. You know, we could monetize we could hire, that. We could hire ourselves out, and if we wanted to, you know, not make it a, a big second job, we could just go down to the waterfront on the weekends. Yes. And go to each restaurant. Yes. And you know, they just bring us in, and we bring, bring that happy birthday. Yeah. You know, and we bring a soulful part to We'd it too. We be like the Uber birthdays. You know. <laughs> We just start singing. Oh, you need, you need, oh, y'all don't have no friends? We got, we got you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're oh. so crazy. Well, I'm happy to be here today. I got a, I got a topic I want to say. What's that? About, I'm, girl, I am still, still on my heart on a mission to just preach and teach anti-racism. You know, we just got to, the racism around here is so rampant right now. I mean, and people are bold about showing up. Well, there's, yeah. There's, in in mm. ways that are so inappropriate. And let me just say this, for those of us that are educated now, you know, that are woke and have lived this all of our lives and free in our minds, you just look at people and be like, what the hell? Did you just say that? Did you just do that? I yeah. I think that the, well, first of all, I understand all and right, and, and God bless you. Let me calm down. God right. bless I'm you breathe. for having the energy. You hear Ooh. me? Because I know it can be tiring. Yes. And quite frankly, sometimes I just check out. I just, I just, okay. I don't have it in but see, me. See, I'm the two five three peace queen. I know, I know. And the peace queen daily walk is about that yes and so i'm sensitive to all of this sister i'm watching it go down and my heart is heavy tacoma i'm i'm just gonna bring us to tacoma right now tacoma we need to do something different 
when it comes to this whole topic of racism and solving it in our community. So I'm just on a serious campaign. If I got the microphone right now, I'm going to teach. If I'm in your face, I'm going to preach. You know, it's like, come on, people. Well, and what do you say to people, though? Because, you know, there, there are going to be people out there who will say, yes, yes, go, you're right, you know, I got I'm with you. And then you're going to have people out there who say, be quiet, shut up, ain't nothing wrong. What are you talking about? Because people, when you say the word racism, some people will have in their mind, we don't have riots. What are you talking mm-hmm. about, racism? We don't have anybody. Uh, we haven't got uh, anyone got killed lately. What are you talking about? It's peaceful around here. So explain to people what do you mean when you're saying racism? Because you, there is gonna there are gonna be a lot of people out there that have no idea what is racist in Tacoma, Washington. It's quiet on oh. my street. So those are ignorant people, mm-hmm. and. I really don't spend my time with ignorant people. So there are other people who have a ministry for ignorant people. I don't. Okay. So I want to talk to people that know. I want to spend my time talking to people that know what racism is. So that's a a, a line in the sand. And in the anti-racist work, you've got to be clear on what your work is. I'm not good at that, sister. I'm not good at um, explaining to white people the obvious. I'm not. I mean, it really because if you if you're going about your life with any kind of open mind and seeing the world, then you would know the injustice. You would see the injustices of the racist system. So you're not interested in starting at ground zero. I'm not starting Mm -hmm. at ground zero. Mm -hmm. I I've worked too hard. So what so what but but like I said now, I have white friends in the anti racist education movement who dearly hold for themselves that ministry or I don't even have to use that that calling, that passion for explaining and breaking this stuff down to white people that wanna know. Okay. Okay. So I can make a referral is what I'm saying <laughs> on that. Let me write you a prescription to I my friend. I can make a referral. <laughs> and then I also have to refer out. I also refer out to others for um, black people specifically because that's how I identify. Um, and others who do not embrace or engage in their own culture. Mm. Okay, so we would say Uncle Tom, Sally, mm-hmm, Sally. Mm-hmm. you know, that way. I, I don't have time for that. And pretty much a conscious exchange of conversation will let me know where your mindset is Yes, in just a few minutes. And then I can say in my mind, mm, no. No thanks. Mm-hmm. No energy. I'm still going to be kind. Of course. Uh-huh, but I get to choose. This This is how I'm living, though, because I got 24 hours just like you got 24 hours, right? Mm-hmm. We, we all have that. How we choose to live those 24 hours is is life. Your life, my life. I mean, just different, and the choices that we make. So being super clear about who you hang around with and how I spend my time. And on this racist conversation, I want to spend my time with people that understand what it is and just they and they have a heart for doing better and they just lack the tools or knowledge to do better. Yes. So I just want to if we got the microphone, I want to talk about how to do better. Well, how are we going to do better? Talk about well, it. Well, first, we have to understand. What say you? What say you about that? What say you, girl? So first, what they have to understand is that for intercultural, improved intercultural um, competence, let me say it that way, there's, a, there's an instrument I know is called the IDI, the Intercultural Development Inventory. So it's kind of, you ever did at work um, Myers-Briggs yes. or... Um, what what else did we do? We, we did Strength Finders we, with oh, yes. Tom Rath. We've done all of that. 
the personality, the discs. Mm-hmm. You do those kind of assessments to help you understand um, personally where you fall on these continuums because it's all about developing your leadership. So you need to know who you are. So the IDI is like that. And what it does is on a continuum, it tells you or gives you an indicator of your intercultural mindset, starting with denial. Okay, Mm. so denial. Those are the people that be like, what? Nothing's wrong. Ain't nothing wrong. What y'all talk about? Mm. Some of my best friends are black. Uh, What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's denial. Okay. So then moving up the continuum, and denial is in a monocultural mindset. Moving up the continuum, then you have polarization. Mm. All right. And polarization comes in two forms. Polarization comes in in the, uh, oh, good Lord. Um, ooh, I just lost it in my mind, girl. I know one of, reversal is one. And then it's going to have to come back to me. But anyway, okay. anyway, what what it means that I can't remember the form that I can't remember the name at the at this point is um, you are polarization. You are uncritical of your own kind and very highly critical of everybody else. Gotcha. Okay. So so the the. So White you, supremacist. So you hold your own kindness. Judging. Than... It's a us and a them position. Okay. And yours is can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you are superior, supreme, and everybody else. There's a problem with you in some form or fashion. Immigrants, you know, black people. Sub. Then reversal. It when you hold polarization in reversal, you are um, uncritical of the dominant group. And highly critical of your own, Toms and Sallies. Oh, ooh. Mm. Okay. Highly critical of your own. And then, but also, you can find some teachers that are in polarization reversal. Yes. We've met some because they're highly critical of the system, you know, and the man. And they're highly critical of, of that. And... Um, so, which is their own system. So then they just be passing through black and brown kids that um, don't need to be passed through, mm-hmm. but because they're feeling some kind of way, you know, about the system, then they just push them through. That doesn't help either. Right. Yeah. So that's polarization. Then you move move on up the scale to minimization, which in my time of administering this instrument, and I'm qualified to do so, even though I forgot what. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) It'll come to me. Um, Minimization is where a lot of us fall, and that is just keep it copacetic, right? We're going to keep it, but we're not going to make any waves. Mm -hmm. We're not going to take any risk. We won't make any any, uh, statements about anything. We just be like, "Mm mm-hmm. Okay, for it. So here, let me give. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I don't think I'm a minim, minimization. No, I don't think you are either, and okay. I'm definitely not. But I'm saying in in a group when we administer the instrument to groups, work teams, and stuff, oh, and then you come you. back yes. and you and you um, average out the scores of everybody. Most most of the work teams that I've been with, they fall in minimization. Okay, it's just like um, we're an equal opportunity employer. Oh. Okay, period. That's that's it. But we're not gonna do nothing. Right. We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not do, gonna do too much. But we min this just minimize. For example, okay, let me let me go through and then I'll I'll give you an example because this is kind of cool. Then there is um after minimization, then there's um acceptance. Now in the acceptance mindset, now you're moving into the um intercultural mindset. Acceptance folks, they get it. They deeply understand and comprehend um differences. Mm-hmm. They understand it. They can work with it, sometimes lacking the tools and the confidence. Okay, so okay. a lot of my woke white friends that they know what's going on, mm-hmm. they know the injustices that they see, but they not really don't don't have have it all to do something. Right. So you th- that's a developing um, 
that's a that's developing on the continuum in in the intercultural mindset. And then you have at the top is adaptation, where you deeply comprehend everything and you can go back and come back mm-hmm. and you know you're the bridge bridge builder kind of person that um is competent enough to flow through all all the cultures. no matter what no matter what mm-hmm. you can handle it cuz you're you're engaged with your own culture very strong in that you don't have a lot of unresolved issues and um you can get through now here's here's my example sister though now in a workplace Say you're the HR person, right? Okay. And you bring in, in the applications for uh, the hiring manager to review. Right. For this job that they have in their department. Mm-hmm. Now, if the HR person brings you eight applications and all of them are white people, the minimizer would say, thank you. And, and just take, let it be. And let it be and go on and complete the job search because HR, it's got to be, right? Cause right. It's got to be okay because HR um, gave it's me It's HR. These, it's HR. Now, the acceptance person on the spectrum would probably take these and they would look. And now they deeply comprehend something's wrong. So they would probably say like, um, this does it quite reflect the diversity of the pool? I mean, it, can you tell me, did you do anything for... What kind of outreach Yeah, what kind do? of outreach? Mm-hmm. You know, they might ask some questions, but not sure what they would do. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they would, could you possibly go back and check and see if there's some others? That's what acceptors still understand, but the footing is just not quite there. The adapters... Oh, this uh, this does not reflect the demographics of the community that we're serving. Uh, this this needs to be a failed search. Can we start over? And can I help you with outreach strategies? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? Like where exactly? What are the underrepresented minorities in in the workplace? That's the areas where I'm trying my best to move forward here in the agency. You know, they would have that language to right. be able to just be and like the confidence uh-uh. and the confidence to do it and the confidence. Mm-hmm. I ain't accepting this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that. Um, I think I'm situational. Oh, talk about that. Because it depends on on that spectrum. Um, certainly enlightened and, and highly adaptable. With that said, back to my energy level of sometimes, sometimes depending on the situation, mm-hmm. I may be purposefully, what's the middle one? Minimizing? Yeah. Just yeah, to save you, my breath. It's like, whatever. Yeah. When I know, I know for sure that there is a mountain that I cannot move by myself and there is no one in the circle that will help me. Sometimes I'm that minimizer. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, you just, just check just out. For, I just check out. Yeah, I just check, and out. that's a strategy too. It's a strategy because being Absolutely. being a person of color in a predominantly white environment is so doggone stressful. Ooh, can we have a it moment is, of silence for it is. being a person of color in a predominantly white work environment um, and the burden the burden that you carry. Um, Moment of silence. Amen. Amen. Okay. So that, well, that is why. that made me feel so much better. Thank you for validating me. And yeah. I know, I know, and, I, and I'm validating you mm-hmm. because that is just absolute truth. And nobody knows that or sees it unless you live it. That's right. And it's always just there. Always. Yes. And then when you add a predominantly white male environment, male. Mm -hmm. So daily, 
as a woman, all women carry this silent burden. Mm. And then as a black woman, Mm, speak. that's another brick. So all women go to work with the brick unless they work in a predominantly female environment. So that's mm-hmm. why there is there is literally for me there their sisterhood means sister I come at every woman mm-hmm. regardless of it's their important. color religion I don't care woman I see you as a woman. Yeah. We have something in common already and I see you. I see you. And okay, I so hold that thought and let me just say white women Please, and I'm saying it this way from the standpoint of we black women are not separate from you. No. We are women. And when we look at our history, we have all been abused and suffered as women. Yes. And you have had a place in history that has contributed to black woman suffering. Yes. So we can just acknowledge that, own that, and then move forward as sisters. But yes. right now there's still some mess. I just there's just some messy, messy, messiness out there with white women and black women and women of color. It's still messy. So so for this community, for Tacoma, I'm going to just say for Tacoma right now, that's just my call. Like, sisters, let's get together. Yes, please. You know, sisters, let's work this out. Sisters, let's talk about what we have um, between us, and then let's work together for the betterment of the community because there is a lot that needs to do. Okay, go, girl. What say you? Well, I, I agree. And I, I think... That at the end of the day, the commonality is about difference. If that, it is. And it, that sounds weird. The commonality is about difference. And if we all could just say, hey, different is great. Different is grand. It, if we could a- approach each other with, what can I learn from you? Mm. I, and, and I'll start with something as simple as food. Let's start with food. I heard myself, I have to tell you, uh, when I was in Oregon a couple of weeks ago, and a lady that I I don't really know her very well, it was at the job site, I don't really know her very well, I've only seen her a couple of times, but anyway, um, I said, she said hi to me, and I said hi, how's it going, and she was eating Mm -hmm. at her desk, and I was like, girl, is that lumpia? Oh. Girl, I had lumpia she, last night. Sorry. Oh, and mm-hmm. she said yes, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I love me some lumpia," and um, she said, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, we make it all the time." And I said, "Listen to me. I'm listening." I said, "Ooh, I love me some Filipino people." Did you say that? I said that. All right. And and then I heard myself. And you heard yourself. What does that mean? I love me some Filipino people. Girl, like you love a pet? Right. And I looked ooh, at her and I said... Did you take it back? I looked at her and I said, oh, girl, ooh, ooh, girl. Good for you. I'm sorry. And she didn't even get it. I understand. That said, was a, that I'm felt sorry. like a term of endearment, said, but you know, know better. I that know was a Filipino, microaggression. All Filipino people aren't alike. My bad. And I don't know every Filipino person in the world. Girl, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, no, Miss Aji, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. That was a microaggression. It was. Mm-hmm. Totally. But see, you had the you had the awareness to know that it was, and you had the confidence to ask forgiveness, even in the face of the other person not receiving the intent and impact. The, the, the praise here is you knew better. Yes. Yeah. And you checked yourself. And when we're talking about anti-racist work, you got to know to know better. Absolutely. That means teach yourself. This is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, We Art Tacoma. 
Channel 253 is sponsored by our friends at Tacoma Arts Live. Tacoma Arts Live energizes our community through live performance. Their mission is right there in the name. There's nothing like sitting in a crowded theater, elbow to elbow, as the lights go down and you feel that sense of anticipation of what's to come. Depending on the night, the experience at Tacoma Arts Live might engage us intellectually, touch us emotionally, or keep us laughing all night long. But no matter our reaction, at the core of that experience, we are flexing our most valuable muscle, our empathy, a crucial building block to the civic life of our community. Last year, more than 250,000 people attended an event in the Tacoma Arts Live venues. That's a lot of people. It's a sign of how vital Tacoma Arts Live is and how their diversity of programs mirror our community and how much we value that kind of experience. Connect with your community by visiting TacomaArtsLive.org to find an upcoming show that is right for you. Energize your passion and play your part. My thanks to Tacoma Arts Live for their support of Channel 253. So how do you teach people? I know I know you came you came today and we were talking and and you you have a strategy and you have something that you're certified to teach and I know that with the two bricks that we carry every day in an organiz- in our organizations in our job in our work it is highly important for organizations to do the work to mm-hmm. invest in the work of creating an anti-racist environment. Right. So what say you about the tool that you have to help those organizations achieve that? Well, this is a... Um, thank you for asking, sister. And it is... It is a, it's work. It's a practice that I am learning from... Uh, it's called Dismantling Racism. It's a project that was uh, adapted by, I'm giving these credits, Kenneth Jones and Chenna Okun, based on work done by the Exchange Project of the Peace Development Fund, the Grassroots Leadership Barriers and Bridges Program, and the original concept by Bailey Jackson and Rita Hardiman. Because I just searched the internet and started looking for all kind of stuff, and this came up, you know, because it was on my heart. I know some stuff. I know the IDI, but I also was just trying to find some practical uh, ways to move forward and to talk to people. And so this is anti-racist organizational development. And what they have, sister, is what they name some uh, categories— of it's like an assessment, a category of where you might be in your organization. Okay. Okay. And and the dimensions in these categories. So like the category names are the all white club. Okay. What is that? Let me let me just say <laughs> let me just say it across. Okay. The all white club, the token or affirmative action organization the multicultural organization, and the anti-racist organization. So it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, um, moving across the continuum mm-hmm. for an individual. This is the same for the organization. For the organization. So the all-white club, as they tell us, are nonprofits that without trying find themselves with an all-white organization. Okay, these are not groups that have intentionally excluded people of color because they don't do it on purpose. Many times they even have recruitment plans to get more people of color. Mm -hmm. Yet when the people of color join their group, they're asked to just fit in. Right. Fit into the existing culture. And then then people leave. So after years of trying and the club can't figure nothing out, they got they got all white people looking at each other. Now, what they don't understand that without analyzing and changing the organizational culture, the norms, the power relations, that they're going to just keep being that. Mm-hmm. And see, for most of these predominantly white organizations, that's the problem. You, you're in there and you have to fit into 
the culture. So what do they say the culture of an all-white club is? All right. The culture is top-down, paternalistic, often secretive. Success is measured by how much is accomplished, little if any attention paid to process or how work gets done, Mm -hmm. little if any leadership or staff development, no discussion of power or oppression analysis of issues. Conflict is avoided at all costs. People who raise issues that make people uncomfortable are considered troublemakers. Mm. And leaders assume we're all the same. Does Uh, that sound familiar? I've been there before. I've seen that. That's the culture. I've seen that. I've Mm -hmm. lived it. Yep. I can even I I th- I can think of one organization that I worked in. You know, cuz the membership organizations are the ones that you got to watch that you have to um be ref- you have to be referred to join. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah, that those those feel creepy. Yeah. I, I mean and and so you've got many of them that are saying that they want to do better or they want to outreach more, but you got to come in and be like them. Right. And that's so, oh, my gosh, that is, it's so tiring to go in some, anywhere, anywhere, and have to fit in. Mm-hmm. Fit in. And it's tiring to have to suppress who you are in order to make someone else feel comfortable. Yeah. That's that's tiring. And there are times where you have to do that. That's the minimizer in you. That's the strategic. You'd be like, that's exactly. uh, I ain't giving you my energy. I'm not giving you nothing today. And and then that makes me mad. (laughs) I know. And then you're like, why I gotta it's it's a vicious cycle. Why why do I have to and it's not like it could be something as simple as let me give you an example. I think I told what you say this. you? I, I think I told you this one already. But here's here's a, here's a prime example, and it's nothing big or huge, but it's just highlights differences and how sometimes you just have to oh <sighs> roll so roll eyes. This was many years ago. I'm chatting with some coworkers. We're outside and we're just you know on break, just chatting. And I'm the only one of color. There's probably about five or six of us. And I'm the only person of color out there. And we all, we're real good. We, we're good friends. We work friends. We, we really like each other. And somehow we started talking about high school, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, and, and college. And we were talking about music. Mm. And uh, some things... They were mentioning some. They mentioned some band. I don't even know what it was. I'd never heard of that band, and I then specifically this. a song uh-huh. by this band that apparently in their in their groups back then that was like the biggest thing ever. So I said, "Ooh, I said no. Um, I said I never heard of them before." And they did they turn on you, girl? Looked at me. <gasps> dun dun dun! Like what? What do you mean you haven't heard of? What's the matter with you? Yeah, and I'm like, I've never heard of them. I I didn't I didn't listen to that. They didn't come in my hood. And they, but oh my God, Audrey, of course you heard of them. Blah blah. I said no, and now I'm getting mad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I'm getting mad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I said no, because because they're kind of talking to me like I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh my God, and so then I go. I said, no, I've never heard of them. I said, have you heard of Parliament and Funkadelic? Girl, did you go there, Boots uh, College? I started, <laughs> I started every Lakeside. Uh-huh. You know who Lakeside is? You know who Gap uh-huh. Band is? Stacey Lattisaw. Stacey Lattisaw. Uh-huh. What about Lassie Stacey? Yeah. Yo, Angel. Do you know, yes. And I just started firing. Did you go? You did I go. started Rapid firing fire. off artists. Good for you. Who were big, Dear to us. Yeah. Big in our culture. Mm-hmm. At that time. Yes. And they're looking, they're like, no, no, no. I said, well, then there goes my there point. There you go. We grew up in different, we grew up differently. Girl, back then you could have guessed, so what say you? Right? Mm-hmm. And the, mm. but they were I understand. My, 
they 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 were my friend, my work friends, but they got it. I was going to say, got, did they get it? They got it. Mm. They were like. Oh yeah! Oh, wonderful teaching point. Mm-hmm. I don't have the energy for that anymore. Well, I don't have. I don't do that anymore Mm-mm. either. Yeah. No, I. I, I, I don't. just can't. It's too much. Token or affirmative action organization. Now let's talk about their culture. Okay. They're still top down, although inclusivity is stressed. They probably got a diversity Posters statement and stuff. Or poster. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Those in power assume their standards and ways of doing things are neutral, most desirable, and form the basis of what considered qualified. Say that again. Okay. Those in power assume their standards and ways of doing things are neutral, most desirable, and form the basis form the basis for what is considered qualified. You know, uh, you see what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they get to do everything is neutral mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and qualified. That's in quotes. That's you know, one of those I don't see color kind of mm-hmm. organizations. There you go. And what I, I say to that is when somebody tells me I don't see color, I say, well, then you don't see me. I say that, too. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. OK, so mm-hmm. that's which okay, one is people, that again? This is token or affirmative action okay. organization. People expected to be highly motivated self-starters requiring little supervision. Some training may be provided, no power analysis, conflict avoided, emphasis on people getting along, discussion of race limited to prejudice reduction. Oh, <laughs> I know that organization. Yeah, too. they don't they don't talk there. too much about it. Yeah. Only what the only what the law probably requires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Affirmative action. OK. All right. So next is the multicultural organization. We're, and we're only dealing so with So we're the, getting woker as we yeah, go along the spectrum as exactly. an organization. And we're only dealing with the culture segment because that and there's many of them here. They've got decision making and budget and where the money comes from and accountable to, but culture is huge yes. because that's how you navigate your work. Right. Now the multicultural organizational culture organizations looks inclusive with a variety with a visible visibly diverse board and staff. Mm. Okay, so they look inclusive. They actively celebrate diversity, focuses on reducing prejudice, but is uncomfortable naming racism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uncomfortable naming racism. Continues to assume dominant culture ways of doing things most desirable. Mm-hmm. Assumes a level playing field. Assumes a level. Assumes a level uh-huh. playing field. Okay. Emphasize belief in equality, but still no power analysis. Power, power. analysis. Yeah. Like how, you know, how is power shared? Yep. And work workaholism desired and rewarded. Ah, uh, I've seen that one too. Mm-hmm. But let me go back to. Wait, one more. Okay. Still uncomfortable with conflict. Oh. Okay. So okay. go ahead. So to this multicultural organization, and you said one of the things was that they that diversity is in the people and and on the board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. remember when I first started at and I'm and I'm going to say the name of the company because I, I still love this company dearly. Remember when I first started at KeyBank, girl? Yeah, I remember in 1997. Yes. My very I know what first, you're going to say. <laughs> my very first day of work, you yeah. called me, uh-huh. and I happened to, I happened to, it was lunchtime, and I happened to be coming uh, in the bathroom. Yes. Right? I and, remember. And you said, <laughs> you said, how's your day going? Um, I said, oh, I said, it's going good. And she goes, well, how do you like it so far? I said, girl. Girl. <laughs> girl yes, you Let did. me tell, tell you. you about KeyBank. <laughs> You talk about diversity. diversity. I yes. said, child, child, they are not playing. Uh-huh. I have seen everybody. everybody Do you understand me? Yes, I remember. I have seen everybody. You were so excited. I, I could not believe it. Uh-huh. I said, girl. You said, I, I got a blind team member? Yeah, I mean, I got People that can't walk. We got people from, yes. you know, uh, Ecuador. 
and all kind of countries naming all the different people different I had languages met. Yes, and yes. yeah women and men that look like yes. you and girl we even had transgender back transgender, then 1997 yep. do you understand you were way they were way ahead of the game I was I was so excited so mm-hmm. that when you said uh, everybody you know, a reflection of the the people reflect the company we got they had everyone mm-hmm. now you can have everyone and still be uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. Talking sure. the R word. Yeah. Now the anti-racist organization, this is this is where we strive to be culturally, is an organization actively recruits and mentors people of color, mm. celebrates diversity, has a power analysis about racism and other oppression issues. A diversity of work styles encouraged with active reflection about balancing what gets done and how it gets done. Mm. A willingness to name racism and address conflict. And resources devoted to developing shared goals, teamwork, and sharing skills and knowledge. In parentheses, it's mentoring. That's the culture of an anti-racist organization. I got you. You know, I think that um, I've been... In a in a company that's wanted to be that and tried to be that, but the one sticking point across the board, I've been in every one of those kind of companies. Yeah, quite I frankly, mm-hmm. um, the one I don't think that I've ever been in a total in an anti-racist company before because of the one point about talking about race. Race. Mm-hmm. I've never been in any company that. You could have a I that I felt that I could have a conversation, say about a microaggression or something that was uh, blatantly racist to me and maybe others, and not be perceived as the troublemaker mm-hmm. or or not even just the troublemaker, the having to prove because a lot of times racism can can show up in a way that is not tangible. Oh, you absolutely. Know, it shows, as, many times it shows up like and that. And so you have to, it can be an action or words or sometimes even silence that makes you feel a certain way and you know what that is. Mm-hmm. If you are in, I've never been in an organization where I felt free to say, to talk about that, something like that, unless it was something overt mm-hmm. and 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 not be perceived as mm, mm. or having to prove something. Mm-hmm. Well, prove it. You don't have anything tangible. They didn't call you the N-word. Mm-hmm. So what are you so, talking about? So, so let's put this then. Let's bring this on home then. That's why I say the work is individual right now. Because I haven't been in, at, like you, I haven't been in organizations like that. Yet I have had supervisors inside of organizations that will understand and take the cause forward. Me too. You see what yes, I mean? Yes. Okay, so, yes, in, so yes. you may be inside of an all-white club or a multicultural organization, you know, somewhere on this continuum, you may be working inside how we get to an anti-racist organization. It's a movement of people. So the folks inside that have leadership positions, they must first adopt this mindset of, yeah, I'm going to ensure that I am interculturally competent. So it goes back to that IDI, for example. There are many other ways, but I like the IDI because it's just cut and dry. It's mm-hmm. simple. You can, and they give you an individual development plan to work through over time. But the leaders are becoming less minimizers and more adapter thinking. You know, let mm-hmm. me see how I can, you know, first of all, let me recognize my bias. Just like you recognize when you said yes. all the Filipino people, let me own that stuff. Because if some things, when when people bring stuff to you, the last thing in the world you want to hear from your supervisor is prove it. Right. You right. want to hear some kind of empathy. Yes. You want to hear some kind of understanding that this possibly could be going on in this culture. Mm-hmm. You want to hear 
um, some kind of implication that they care about you. Right. And your situation is unique, especially when you're the only black person up in there or person of color. The 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 odds, the probability that something is whack is up there. Girl, let me just tell you right now, I think this is another reason why I believe that the anti-racist education movement is um, going to gain some traction. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a part of it because the risk managers in these companies should be worried. Mm. I just right. think that the risk managers should be worried because you got white people coming to work saying all kind of crazy things on their job. Um, okay, not they bringing their personal feelings to work. Yes. Which then takes it into a whole nother EEO affirmative action lawsuit, lawsuit. kind of conversation. That's how you get that's how Yeah. That's the only time when that's the only time some companies will pay attention. And it's not yeah. even that they really care. Starbucks. But when you when you start um when you start impacting the bottom line, then all of a sudden it's an emergency. You think Starbucks had another day of training yet? Or there was girl, just that one had, last? I don't even believe, I ain't seen, I don't even believe they had the first day. Oh, girl, And let yeah. me tell you why. Why? Tell this me is, why. This is, let me, let me rephrase that, please. Mm-hmm. Let me back up. I believe that tr- some, something alleged as training occurred. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that anything, any effective targeted training occurred that would impact the mindsets and the behavior of employees that are existing in two hours. In two hours. Mm. How are you going to change somebody's whole way of seeing the world and processing what they think and feel when they see people of color in two hours. Yeah. You can't do that. No. You got to do that every day. Every back day. Back to your, let's bring this full circle. Back to, it starts with the leadership. What say you? Mm-hmm. The back leadership. to the leadership. Now, leadership. What, le- what level of leadership was there? Where? In this training. The alleged training. Oh, girl, I even heard, you know, some of my friends that work at Starbucks said that some of their co-workers just didn't go. Girl, I'm telling you, it was they foul. They just didn't do it. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you, that is clearly, clearly there is a cultural issue, mm. okay, at the root of what started this all. Let's see. Okay, they probably, who hired that girl in the first place? Who okay, hired her? They probably in the all white. No, no, they not all white. I think no. they might be. Um, what's the second one? Token or affirmative action? Still top mm, down. Yeah, those in power assume they're standing. Mm. I don't know. They dabbling in and out. And I was gonna say they might be between the 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 two, the multicultural and the other one, because I. I think that I think that like my energy, you know, and I don't be drinking coffee. But when I worked down and when I worked in downtown Seattle mm-hmm. for those couple of years, and the bus would drop me off in Fourth uh, and Cherry in front of the Columbia Tower, and the Starbucks is right there. Mm-hmm. So I would go in. I started um, drinking like frappuccinos and whatever mm-hmm. every morning. I had to be there at six o'clock in the morning anyway. But those people were very nice to me yeah. in that particular Starbucks store. store. Mm-hmm. Every single employee there was nice. And the one in the, uh, I'm just give shout out to the Lakewood Town Center Starbucks. Okay, too. shout out. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. So I don't, I think again that it starts with the leaders. Yep, leadership. And so I would like to know what level of leadership. What were the requirements of, and at what levels of leadership did tra- any training occur? And no, they ain't. I, girl, they, girl, how if they Shel- had follow up, even Howard if they Shel- had follow up training, it's still going to be the same non targeted. Howard Schultz said he didn't see color. Anyway, oh girl, girl, he said that. But anyway, let's not give him any energy. Oh, okay. Um, but Sephora. The makeup company, mm-hmm. they had a little shutdown this week, too. Uh, what happened? Same 
same, same kind of thing. Same kind of thing. Same, just a different yeah, they, day, different I story. I think they profiled a, a black celebrity, and you know, you must not know about me because they didn't know. I don't that think it they was knew a celebrity. It was mm-hmm. Oh boy! So, um, and isn't that a shame that it takes them to be a celebrity for it to be a big deal? Yeah. So it became a big deal. Oh wow! And they, and they had to shut down too. I missed that um, one. So I okay. Let Let's just bring this full circle. I have talked about like the individual. Res- responsibilities, you know, how to how to uh, assess your intercultural competence. And I've shed a little bit of light on what an anti-racist organization can be, like where you work and stuff. So just bringing it all together, um, when we look at this as a system, right? Racism mm-hmm. is a system and it can be dismantled. It is a system that can be interrupted, yes, disrupted. Mm-hmm. So I am an anti-racist systems disruptor, and this is at, by actively talking about it on um, our podcast right now, and people hear it. They it is at least in their mind. I just want people to do something. Yes. Join the movement to disrupt it. And if you don't even have a clue, like you mentioned the people that I said I wasn't going to work with. Yes. um, Then if they're listening to the podcast, I would just hope that they would go like phone a friend or something and and get some help. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think that um, the bottom line is the way we all individually interact with other humans on a day-to-day basis, the way we intentionally, mm-hmm. you always use that word. Intentionally, The yeah. way we intentionally show kindness or not, the more intentional we become with about our behavior and our actions towards all people, making sure that it's intentional kindness, We'll be fine. Mm. It's that simple. You don't have to have any money to be in, what do you call it, an anti-racist disruptor? Yeah. You don't have to have any money. You just have to contribute your energy, your positive energy, your positive kindness on a day-to-day basis. That's it. That's all. So if you choose not to join the movement, the anti-racist movement, if you choose not to join, then shame on you. Mm. Shame on you. I agree. I I really, really, really agree with that. And you know what? You think that's a drop the mic moment? Yeah. All right. Well, All right. If you've heard this, Sister Audrey said, shame on you. And I agree. What say you? Peace out. Thank you for listening to What Say You. If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.